It's extra drama for book number 57, Teacher Crush. Hello, Chris, Paris, and Marissa, that's me, are back again to talk more about Teacher Crush. Would this be an appropriate moment to bring up the B-plot that we've been entirely ignoring? Because well. we're kind of talking about, <laughs> we're talking about consequences of actions not really I think being... it's about time that we should get through the B-plot. Uh, you guys alluded to Jessica's awfulness, but we haven't said much about Jessica. So let's, uh, let's talk <laughs> quickly about what's going yes. on in the B-plot. Um, essentially, Jessica gets it in her head that Lila is lying about her dad working at some movie studio. Her dad's no dating. Her dad is oh, his dating, dad is yeah. dating a soap opera star named Anika Hunt, and Jessica thinks that Lila is making this up. And so, you know, she's ha she has to come up with a project for her her electronics class, and she has no idea what to do until she has the brilliant stroke of genius to rig up a lie detector to catch Lila in her lie. It's going to be so embarrassing when the whole yeah. school finds out that Lila was lying about Anika Hunt and her dad. Of course, she gets Randy to do the work for her once again, which also, Randy just does it, and there's no consequence for this action also. She's nope. just... <laughs> Although she does get embarrassed at the end of the book because she's uh, hoisted by her own petard, right? Like, she is... They put her That's in... So much Mildly, but the hoisting is not even like a foot off of the ground. The petard <laughs> is comfortable and fine because so she puts Lila in the lie detector machine as if a lie detector is like admissible objective evidence, which as I'm sure we all know by now, it's trash. <laughs> right, that's Especially that's if a it's larger made by here. a high school student in a two-week electronics course. Yeah, totally admissible evidence, Jessica. Anyway, she hooks Lila up to the thing. Turns out Lila isn't lying about that, or at least her lie detector says that. And like it's it, there's like one line about a couple of people laughing that at Jessica for like it's like not even really laughing it's just like some people were kind of giggling and then Jessica's like well all right I guess and then nothing happens after that nope. she's mildly embarrassed slightly a little bit but faces no true consequence for honestly like putting Lila through a lot of bullshit because previously she's like directly accusing Lila like basically. Going like, I know you're making this up. And Lila is hurt. Her feelings are hurt that Jessica would accuse her of such a thing. Of course, Lila's got her own drama going on through the mini courses. This book has uh, got a lot of plates spinning. And Lila's <laughs> plate is that she's in this dress design class. And the book is planted for us from the very beginning that Jessica has the dress that Lila is making in like a, a, this designed exactly the same way as what Lila's making and apparently even the same fabric because when <laughs> Lila screws up her dress to the point that she would be mortified to wear it in front of everybody which is something she's supposed to do as a part of this dress design class is that there's like a fashion runway at the big you know showcase event she needs to borrow Jessica's dress so that she can lie and pretend that she is wearing the dress that she made so as to save face. <laughs> Luckily, Lila has a bit of dirt that she is using as bait to kind of trade Jessica. Uh, like, I, I have a secret. And I know you can't stand anybody having a secret. So if you let me borrow the dress, I'll tell you my secret. And the secret doesn't have anything to do with this book. <laughs> That's a cool. secret. It's to set up the next book. 
I also like while we're talking about this, this is this is a moment when when Lila's grappling with the dress disaster. This is another moment where these course, these mini courses are revealed as total horseshit because Lila goes to her teacher and is like, hey, you know, I, I really had a hard time. I couldn't, you know, something I, I messed up. I think she like sewed a frill on the wrong side of the dress. I don't know. She did something, needed help. She goes to the teacher and the teacher says, the whole point of the workshop is to design and wear your dress. The teacher said unsympathetically after Lila told her what a mess her dress had turned into. I'm sorry, Lila, but you shouldn't feel embarrassed. I'm sure a lot of students' projects haven't turned out exactly the way they planned. Like, <laughs> what? Like, no, you should be like, oh, man, you're just learning a new skill. You've only been learning this for two weeks. Sure, let me help you because showing you how to fix the stress is a learning experience in fashion. Like, learning how to salvage something you made that didn't come out the way you wanted is is a valuable skill in, in fashion. I was just... What kind? What? <laughs> yeah, no help from her this, at all. She yeah, seems this lady is absolutely phoning this shit in. They're like, this is a perfect mentor opportunity. This is like the reason you are teaching people. <laughs> it, you, you don't teach people by just saying, do the thing, and then watching them do the thing. They're like, good, bad. That's not teaching. You must give them guidance and put them on a path that makes them make slightly less mistakes than they would normally, or at least needless mistakes, or at least give them some helpful advice on how to fix a mistake. This is, I, you know what? No teacher in this book at all is of any quality. I have none of the teachers here. Maybe the, the electronics guy, but even the electronics guy is like, pick your project. Okay, I'm going to yeah. sit here for the rest of the two weeks while he, you do your project. Gives the <laughs> a Drexel gives them a handout that's like, Here's some electronic shops you can call. I don't know. Like, basically, you may as well have just said, fuck you, kids. Good luck. Haha, I'm going to collect this check. <laughs> like, Hope you don't zap yourselves. Yeah. Well, you know who? So what we're seeing is like the teacher who's the most hands on, who's the best teacher, really, of all the mini course teachers. Uh-oh. It's Stuart Bachman. Well, I don't know. You know what, though? I have bones to pick <laughs> with the <laughs> art in this book. And Stuart. All right. There's like a there's a. There's a part, this kind of, I think it's like the the scene where Olivia and Stuart's kind of relationship starts to foment, where he is talking about uh, this particular type of painting. I think it's most commonly known as the Zorn palette, where you use a set of limited colors to create all the colors you need. So you use four, I think it's usually four colors, some I might be five. I'm not an artist, but my partner is so I kind of pick up things here and there. And um, basically, like you choose these four colors and then you are able to give the impression of other colors based on the way that you use them through the use of like, um, you know, shading and stuff. And in the book, it's like, all right, kids, Stuart's like, all right, I want you to paint green without painting green. But then instead of you know, using this as an opportunity to actually talk about the Zorn palette or like, or some real art techniques, Stuart just kind of goes, you know, just do it. And then there's no explanation and Olivia just magically knows how to do it. And it's just, it boggles my mind. And like the other parts where they're talking about art, we really only get one description of a painting. And it's Olivia, one of Olivia's early paintings. And it just says it's flowers in a garden. Everything else, it literally is just like shapes and colors and textures. Like there's no 
Oh, yeah. description. We have no like, idea what style of painter uh, no. Stuart is or what style of painting Olivia is doing that she is succeeding at so well. We know that he, she's working in acrylics. I mean, for, yeah, for God's sake, tell me it's a rippling blue square or like a matte red circle or like a seascape on the Atlantic coast. Like, it doesn't take a lot of effort to give me that detail. And I just drove me Yeah, <laughs> it, it makes me think that they must be abstract paintings or else they would have been described more. But who knows? Maybe the, yes. the author just really did, couldn't decide or didn't know anything about art. It's possible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's true. Oh. So Lila has this big secret that she is holding out over Jessica. And she ends up not even actually, Jessica doesn't even get the secret as like payment. Like the secret comes out at the birthday party that Olivia has at the end in front of everybody. But I really want to tell the gladiators what the secret is. Do you guys remember? It was someone's ex-boyfriend is moving back to town. <laughs> right. It makes sense that it wouldn't have stood out to you all in, you know, having read the book, uh, you know, weeks ago at this point, because you haven't read the other books. But for me, I'm uh, my eyes are wide because Todd Wilkins is moving back to Sweet Valley. And they put Elizabeth in the very end of the book. They put Elizabeth in Jessica's lie detector test and Lila in like the bitchiest move she possibly could have pulled asks Elizabeth point blank. So are you worried about the fact that your boyfriend's moving back to town and you will have another boyfriend now? Like, is that a problem for you at all? Knowing full well that Elizabeth has no idea that Todd is moving back to town. That's how she breaks the news. Okay, so Elizabeth also mildly sucks too, I guess. Then, Well, wait, yeah. why does Elizabeth suck? I am incorrect. I can't keep track of these. <laughs> <laughs> Elizabeth is the one who um, Todd Wilkins is her ex-boyfriend and they broke up because Todd moved away. And then Jeffrey moved to town and then Elizabeth and Jeffrey started dating. So, Oh, yeah, this is Elizabeth's ex-boyfriend. I'm sorry. Oh, wow. I'm... All right. I mean, she, sometimes Elizabeth definitely does suck. <laughs> but in this particular case, the, I think the suckiest thing about her is that she might still be harboring feelings for her ex-boyfriend, which is not great when you have a new boyfriend. But Also, I feel like a heated coat hanger would be a lot easier to make than a fucking lie detector in two weeks. A heated coat hanger is like a couple of resistors, <laughs> right? A little insulation. Yeah. A lie and detector is like... Randy Mason's help. Randy, like, builds, like, he like, oh, here's a pulse oximeter, Jessica. Like, he just makes yeah. one. Also, actually, hold on. There's this point. This I completely forgot about this until now. I think Jessica might also be a little stupid about how this lie detector works. Because at one point earlier, when she's like testing out the lie detector, she's like, oh, let's get your like baseline pulse reading. And she goes, oh, okay, I've got it. It's 120 over 80, which is a blood pressure reading. <laughs> but then yeah. later on, someone else like sets up the lie detector and they're like, Randy okay, Mason, let's take your. I think. Yeah, Randy Mason sets it up. He's like, okay, let's take your baseline pulse. Oh, 73 resting heart rate, which is a normal resting heart rate reading. <laughs> so I was trying to struggle to think if like the, the author just didn't understand what was like a pulse reading or if that was just a subtle jab at Jessica not knowing what the fuck you're supposed to even be reading on the pulse oximeter part. I like that second reading because we are, the book keeps us a little bit in the dark about the play-by-play of what work Jessica's doing because she's definitely doing something. Like she's clearly very enamored of this invention. She works on it a little bit at home and she takes it with her from school to 
you know, to the party because she's just so excited about it. But all of the ideas for how to make it work come from Randy. And he must have helped her with the actual electronics because I don't think she was really paying attention in class. So I think she's into it more, maybe more than she cares to admit. But I agree with you that the book gives us no sense that she actually knows that much about how it works. Winston's invention is a voice-activated toaster. Lila teases Jessica at one point that maybe she is going to invent an electronic boy finder. (laughs) That's just Tinder, right? That's just Tinder. Just Tinder. (laughs) Because we're at a point now in Sweet Valley Diaries where I have not read any further than where we're at. For the first 50 books, I had already read them. And we before the podcast started. But once we got to book 51, it's all been new material for me. Okay, so can I bring up the one thing that I learned as I did a little bit of mild research for Sweet Valley High, which is a future spoiler here. So I suppose listeners. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. If, yeah, this is for like, I, I was just I was just on the Sweet Valley High Wikipedia page because I was look, I was trying to make sense of who, what characters were who. Dangerous. And like. So there's a character section, and for some reason, the Wikipedia page on Sweet Valley High decides to tell you the ultimate fate of every character. There's, like, one line about who they are, and then, like, the horrible shit that happens to them later on. And I'm not going to say all of them, but this is what convinced me that Sweet Valley was cursed. But I just, I want to zero in on Olivia's ultimate fate, apparently, because this recontextualized a lot of lines in the book for me here. So, once again, spoiler alert... To all listeners here, and I hope Marissa, I mean, Marissa, we already talked about I can this, take so it. Here. I can take it. Okay. I, I accidentally this- found out all sorts of interesting things about what happens in these books, although I do try to avoid the the danger, the danger zone that is. Uh, I had no intent to Wikipedia be spoiled page. also, yeah. but like it, Olivia has like two lines on her character on the Wikipedia page. It's like Olivia is kind of the artsy student at Sweet Valley High. Later, she dies in an earthquake. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, it doesn't, it doesn't say when at all. So, like, when there's a line in the book that's like, this was the best birthday that Olivia ever had. I'm like, yeah, it fucking was, I guess, wasn't it? Man, I can't believe there's going to even be an earthquake book. Man, every once in a while, these books get so bloodthirsty, they just have to kill somebody off. And I'm sorry it was Olivia. So at by by book 57's point, we have definitely had at least I hope I'm not forgetting anybody. Sorry, gladiators, if I am. We have had two deaths in the series so far already. Trisha Martin and Regina Morrow. Oh, I think I know one of these. I also read one of these. One of these is pretty fucked up. This is another reason Regina that I said fucked up. Probably who you're thinking of. I never realized how much Sweet Valley High was like uh, the Game of Thrones books. So it's just like everybody that you love, don't get too attached. They're they're getting offed eventually. Not literally everybody, but uh, but a very high percentage um, of them do seem to to pass away at some point for drama's sake. That's what we're all yeah. about here. Drama and today, of course, extra drama. Maybe we got to bring you guys back on for whatever this Olivia Earthquake book is. 
You can see there's how also that, and then there's the look, there's the other Jessica thing that I read. That once I read that on the Wikipedia page, I was like, truly fuck Jessica from all angles at all times. Well, now which again, that, we're not going to say oh, anything. No. I, I don't want to spoil too many more things, but like, well, now that I now that I'm not sure what's coming, it's not always readily evident from the books and the books brief descriptions what wild things are going to happen. So I, maybe we'll maybe it'll come as a surprise. But if I see it coming based on the plot description, I will call upon you to to be my guests and thank you so much for oh. being my guests on uh this week's and last week's episode of sweet valley diaries and for reading this book and bringing your uh unique brand of uh book dissection terrible book dissection to our humble uh program Hey guys, Marissa just chiming in here real quick. You may have noticed that our friend Paris was uncharacteristically quiet during much of this extra drama episode. That was due to a technological difficulty that I didn't notice in time to fix if it had in fact been fixable. Who knows? I gotta be honest with you, I don't even remember if I asked her to tease book 58, uh, but I would hate for you to miss this very exciting cliffhanger. So I'm going to read it for you right now before the episode is out. And I'll try not to sound too excited about it. What will happen to Elizabeth and Jeffrey when Todd Wilkins returns to Sweet Valley? Find out in Sweet Valley High number 58. Brokenhearted. Well, thank you so much again, guys. And remember, uh, Gladiator to check out Terrible Book Club wherever uh, fine podcasts are uh, distributed. And... Uh, We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for having us on today. Bye. Bye. So does that make me Miss America? I've got it all right in my brain here. Yeah. I like it.